You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome to a creepy Halloween version of Locked On Texans. I don't know if we're going to need all those sound effects because as we're recording this uh, on a Wednesday night, you guys in Houston know uh, it's kind of creepy out there with the lightning and thunder as we're recording. And in today's show, uh, we got some good stuff. I'll tell you about a Texan player who started most of the last two years that got the axe on Wednesday and uh, some good news on the injury front. Plus, our NFL expert and fantasy guru, Andy Rio, stops by for his weekly wisdom. Andy shares thoughts on the Texans, previews this week's best matchups, and has some late-season pickups for your fantasy team. Welcome aboard, everybody. Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk podcast. Hopefully, you know me by now, but if you're a first-timer, welcome aboard. My partner, Brian, is off for this one. Thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. And the major news Wednesday... The release of wide receiver Bruce Ellington from the injured list. He gave the Texans a lot, but he's just had trouble staying on the field with all his injuries. So no more Bruce Ellington. Uh, The Texans also had one addition. We know they've been looking for a cornerback, and they grabbed a corner off the Atlanta Falcons practice squad, Deontay Burton. He's an undrafted free agent out of Kansas State who made the switch from wide receiver to cornerback after he was drafted. So a bit of a learning curve. He spent time on practice squads with the Falcons and the Packers, played a total of five snaps in his career. So not much to go on with Burton at this point. I guess we'll find out what he can give the Texans, but uh, mostly good news on the injury front for the guys. Aaron Colvin, Zach Fulton, Ryan Griffin, Kiki QT, Andre Hal, Peter Columbay, and Jonathan Joseph all practiced on Wednesday. So that's great news, especially for QT. The only downer, Zach Cunningham, did not practice Wednesday. So time to bring in Andy Rio for Fantasy Takes and NFL Insight. He brings two decades of experience writing for fantasy publications and websites. You'll find his weekly article on our website, LockedOnTexans.com. Great to have you with us, Andy. And we need to begin with that Demarius Thomas trade uh, just, I want to get your initial reaction on that one. Well, I, when I heard about the trade, uh, I was pleased to hear about it because the Texans clearly needed to make a move with Will Fuller going down for the season. And they get a guy who has been a number one receiver in the past. He's past his prime at this point, I would say, but he's still a quality player, especially when you have DeAndre Hopkins on the other side of the field who's going to draw so much attention. Uh, rather than try and go the rest of the way with Kiki QT, who is promising as the number two target, they went out and got somebody who's shown to be a lot more durable and a lot more effective on the middle range routes. Uh, I think this kind of positions QT more of as a home run threat, which I think he is definitely capable of being. So I was pleased to see the Texans do that. It wasn't like they gave up an outrageous sum for him. So I, I think it's a win-win. They they absolutely had to do something. They just could not go the rest of the way after the injury to Fuller without doing something. And if you want the Broncos insight, please, uh, for our listeners, go over to yesterday's show because just some really interesting stuff from the Locked On Broncos host, uh, Cody Rourke, 
on everything about Demarius Thomas from a Broncos perspective. So that's pretty cool. Uh, were there any other receivers traded uh, that you thought might have been a better option for the Texans, or was this the best one, Andy? Well, I mean, Golden Tate certainly remains a quality player, but he is more of a slot player than an outside player. And if they're going to use QT in the slot, then it makes more sense to get a guy like Thomas who can play outside. Now, Tate certainly could have played outside if needed, but he required higher draft compensation. And I don't think the Texans ever would have been heavily interested in Amari Cooper. Uh, We'll never know because, of course, you know, at the time Dallas made that trade, Fuller was perfectly healthy. So, um, you know, the, the rumor is Philadelphia was willing to give a two for Cooper, and that's why the Cowboys gave a one. So if you want to look at it, technically you certainly make a case that Tate may be a better player than Thomas, but I think Thomas will fit in well with the Texans. Any of the other trade deadline deals catch your attention? Well, certainly the Rams, the undefeated Rams, made a trade for Dante Fowler. Uh, That will be an interesting move. They've needed some pass rushing help. He is disappointed in Jacksonville, but he could be an impact player for them if it all breaks right. Uh, Washington, which has already had a good defensive performance this season, adding more with HaHa Clinton Dix from Green Bay. Uh, Clinton Dix has kind of tailed off a bit in recent seasons, but it's still a quality addition. And of course, the Packers making the other interesting move, uh, trading away uh, Sunday's scapegoat, Ty Montgomery to Baltimore, which uh, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later on because I know we're going to talk about the Packers-Patriots game. But certainly Green Bay made some interesting moves, no doubt about that. Yeah, the only other thing that happened this week is, oh, um, the Browns get a new coach. Uh, your favorite Hugh Jackson memory in Cleveland? I mean, there were so many, right, Andy? You got tons of them, huh? <laughs> yeah, if your memories are all losses. <laughs> I guess this means former Oilers assistant coach Greg Williams makes his triumphant return to Houston in a few weeks to play the Texans. Uh, what are you looking at in Sunday's Texans-Broncos game? Because we got to get to that. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one. I am too, because the Broncos, uh, while they're 3-5, and five, uh, they're probably a little bit better than their record. They've lost two games uh, to Kansas City already. And their defense remains generally formidable. It can be more vulnerable than it's been in the past. And that to me, sets up quite an interesting chess match because Thomas certainly knows how to burn his former mates, but they also know a lot about Thomas. So I I would suspect the Texans are going to lean even more heavily on DeAndre Hopkins than usual. They'll certainly lean on Lamar Miller in the ground game as Denver has been vulnerable against the run this season. So I think for this game, the core Texans are probably going to be more involved Uh, Once we get past the bye next week and into week 11, that's when I think there could be a higher level of involvement for Thomas because, you know, he's got to get up to speed. That's the great thing about them having a bye next week is that he can get up to speed over that. Uh, Hopefully for them, Kiki QT will be able to play. He may take on a larger role this week and then become more of a secondary player uh, later on. Uh, The defense had kind of an off night statistically against Miami, but uh, they may be able to get back on track. Uh, Former Texan and, of course, Houston Cougar great uh, Case Keenum. We do uh, big fans of him around here, but he has thrown 10 interceptions this season. So he certainly uh, 
could cough up the ball some. The Texans defense may be able to put up better fantasy numbers this week. If he just gets rid of those turnovers, is is he playing similar to the Vikings case, Keenum? I mean, his, his uh, percentage uh, as far as completions is not too bad. What are you seeing from him? Well, I, I think in many ways um, he had a little bit better supporting cast in Minnesota. I mean, we're all seeing what Adam Thielen is doing, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, um, not to say that he has an awful supporting cast in Denver. Emmanuel Sanders has been playing great this year. And now with Thomas on the Texans, uh, talented rookie Cortland Sutton is going to get a shot to shine. And he is definitely, I think, a must-add across the board in all fantasy leagues. So I, I just think maybe to some degree Keenum caught lightning in a bottle last year. Um, I think that he's still – overall a decent quarterback but that might have been his greatest moment yeah Thielen and DeAndre Hopkins I'd say probably the best two receivers in the NFL this year Uh, we're going to hit on the best NFL games this week Andy but just a quick reminder to the listeners hey if you're enjoying this tell your friends Uh, you can support us also by sharing our show links with your social media followers spread the word you know make us uh, into a little bit of a thing so we could keep bringing this to you. You can also take a few seconds and rate us on I- iTunes, email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com. If you got any questions or comments, we'll, we'll, we'll mention it on the show for sure. And don't forget our partners over at Swap.com because, you know, it's crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes. We don't have to. Uh, why do we buy kids' clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? And, you know, if you want some of those awesome discounts on gently used clothes. The place to go is swap.com. It's the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. You know, you don't have to drive to the store after store, sift it through racks when you can uh, just go to find millions of clothes in seconds on swap.com. Easy to use filters uh, will help you find just what you need. 14 million tons of textiles wasted each year, but shopping secondhand at swap.com prevents that textile waste from polluting the environment i know we all like that and with swap.com you can save up to 90 percent off the retail price on your favorite brands like nike j crew and gap and also they have quality hand inspected items added every day so if something doesn't fit you can also enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days we have a special offer for our listeners get 35 percent off select items for your first order with the promo code Locked on. That's locked on. You know that. Uh, plus, find new cool, cool deals every day on Swap.com's homepage. Go to Swap.com. It's the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Andy, you've got some awesome matchups in your weekly take five, uh, your best games of the week. How about Drew Brees and Jared Goff to start with? Looks like this could be one of those big 12 games with all the scoring between the Saints and the Rams. It could very well be, and I know fantasy owners would certainly like more from Breeze this week after he threw for 120 yards and just one touchdown, and that was against the Vikings. That game was also projected to be a bit of a shootout as well, so I got to think he's going to reverse tide, especially back home at the Superdome, and I pretty much in this game, uh, you can pretty much start all of the stars at this point for both teams. Uh, if you're, I guess, looking for a gamble that might pay off in this game is Traquan Smith, the rookie receiver for the Saints. He's really kind of become the second main target along Michael Thomas, and maybe he can break a big play for you. This is a very 
a tough week for fantasy owners. There are six teams on by this week. Uh, if you're not familiar with that already, the teams are Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, the New York Giants, Arizona, and of course, Houston's AFC South rivals, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a guy like Smith, maybe he is worthy of a gamble if you're really in a bye week uh, quandary and a lot of people are going to be with that many teams off. Uh, the potential news of note for the Rams is the return of wide receiver Cooper Cup. And that's probably going to ensure a better chance that Jared Goff will hit his ceiling in this one. Uh, Cup has been great uh, earlier this year. So definitely that's a big boost for a Rams team that really doesn't need a big boost in many ways. It's not too often that Breeze and Jared Goff are the appetizer among quarterback matchups. But you got two two first ballot Hall of Fame quarterbacks on Sunday Night Football. Chris Collinsworth... Andy, he won't have to fake hype this one. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady, that's that's worth the hype. That is absolutely positively uh, worth the hype. I mean, you can't get any better than that. They've only played once before. Uh, they were supposed to play against each other in 2010, but uh, Rodgers missed that game with a concussion. Matt Flynn started it for Green Bay. Uh, when Rodgers uh, was in his second season in 2006, of course, Brett Favre was still with the Packers. So the only time these guys have played uh, was in 2014 in Green Bay, and the Packers won that game. So this is a fascinating matchup, especially considering where the Packers are at. I mean, they had a real chance to beat the Rams until the aforementioned Ty Montgomery fumbled the ball away on the kickoff, which enabled the Rams to kill the clock. Uh, That also generated some fantasy controversy when Todd Gurley took a knee to run out the clock instead of getting another touchdown. I get it, but he did the right thing there for his team in real life. You have to think Rodgers is going to find a way to make this one interesting, even though you would figure New England to be the favorite at home. He just had one touchdown pass against the Rams, got some bad luck. Jimmy Graham had a play where it was thought he scored. He was ruled down at the one. So, Uh, Obviously, Rodgers and Adams and Graham, great starters this week. I know Graham hasn't put up uh, crazy numbers this year, but you know the tight end spot is pretty weak, so might as well go with a guy who has Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Uh, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, both of the running backs, had touchdowns in the game against the Rams. Uh, Jones certainly is the uh, far better play, more explosive play. Uh, The interesting thing I thought with Green Bay last week was what was happening after the core receiving cast uh, because Marquez Valdez-Scantling, the very promising rookie, had the touchdown pass from Rodgers, and there wasn't a lot going on for Geronimo Allison or Randall Cobb. So a little bit of a mystery there with all three of those guys. It's possible they were just easing Allison and Cobb back into action but, uh, you know, I don't know if you can count on any one of those three guys as absolutely secure starters right now. But again, with the bye week situation, you know, again, having guys that are catching passes from Aaron Rodgers, not the worst strategy you could implement. Yeah. After that game, I don't even think the Green Bay Packers GM was on the phone uh, working the the Ty Montgomery trade, I think that was probably Aaron Rodgers was working the trade. Yeah, he he was, uh, that was an angry man. I was watching the end of that one. That was uh, pretty crazy. Uh, the Seahawks for a uh, Texans player personnel guy are playing way too well, Andy. I mean, you don't want that second round pick the Texans are getting from them to lose value. This week, though, 
We might find out how good they actually are. They're playing the team that nobody in Los Angeles cares about. I mean, nobody cares about the Chargers, but they're under the radar, still playing great. What, what do you think about this one? Well, I think this is going to be a very interesting game because these two teams are are definitely in the thick of the wild card races in their respective conferences. Yes, the Chargers are only a game behind the Chiefs, but they've lost to Kansas City already, and they still have to play again in Kansas City. So I, I think the Chargers are definitely more primed for a wild card, and the Seahawks are going to have to go the wild card route with the Rams doing as well as they've done, especially since the Rams – uh, squeaked out a 33-31 triumph over Seattle earlier this year. Uh, it's definitely been a, a back-to-the-future type movement in Seattle. They've gone back to the run-centric offense that they used to employ so well with Marshawn Lynch. It's Chris Carson who's been the lead back. Uh, he averaged 6.1 yards per carry against the Rams just last Sunday in a victory over Detroit. He had 105 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he only has two touchdowns this year, but you have to think more are going to follow if they continue to be successful. Uh, the run-centric approach has definitely reduced the volume for Russell Wilson. He still managed to throw three touchdown passes in each of his last three games. He has not been rushing as much as he usually does, but this is a game where the Seahawks may need some points, so I certainly... Uh, would not hesitate to use Wilson in this particular game. Uh, the receiving situation has definitely been uncertain for Seattle due to Doug Baldwin having an off year. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can rebound down the stretch. Tyler Lockett and David Moore, who just last year was a seventh-round pick out of East Central University in Ada, Oklahoma, has scored touchdowns in three straight games. Lockett has six touchdowns already. So it's quite possible that that touchdown pace could slow down for those guys and it could pick up for Baldwin, but remains to be seen. Right now, uh, I guess if you're going to gamble, Baldwin and Lockett uh, typically will get targeted more than more. Boy, that's three of the best five games of the week, and there's some good ones. Uh, for those who want to find out about the final two of Andy's top five games, go to LockedOnTexans.com for his piece in just a bit. And he's got some really good advice for you to help improve your fantasy team. But first, want to remind you that our Locked On NBA podcast with host David Locke has added Sam Amick from The Athletic and Ben Golliver of SI to the weekly group. If you listen to Locked On NFL, you'll hear former Texan Sage Rosenfels every week. Uh, he's always good. And uh, also, you got him along with ESPN's Mike Sando and Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner. Great guest over on Locked, Off, Locked On NFL. I really enjoy that. Andy, if I need help on my fantasy team this week, who do I hire? Give me maybe your one or two guys to grab off the waiver wire. Who, who might be your, your top one or two? Well, absolutely, positively, I think we all have determined that we need Fitz Magic in our lives. <laughs> yeah. After Jameis Winston melted down in Cincinnati, Tampa Bay went back to the legendary Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he rallied his team to a tie before Cincinnati was able to pull it out on a field goal on the final play of regulation. His early season track record pretty much speaks for itself. The, the only point of concern as we're recording this, uh, Mike Evans did miss what would be the first practice day of the week. Of course, if Evans is out, that does reduce uh, Fitzpatrick's stock, but you know, absolutely, he's going to be out there firing. Uh, 
Uh, their running game has shown some life of late behind Peyton Barber, but you know their talent, their main talent is in the passing game. It's not a great matchup at Carolina this week, but why not uh, go back to to Fitzpatrick for sure? Two tight ends have my eye in free agency this week. Uh, some owners have held on to Jack Doyle. But he's out there on the wire in some leagues. He was back last Sunday when Indianapolis won their third game of the season against Oakland, and he had six passes for 70 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Chances are, if he's out there in your league, he could be an upgrade on what you currently have on your roster. And we saw last Thursday that Miami is vulnerable against tight ends. Jordan Thomas had two touchdown catches for the Texans. And back in week seven, Detroit's Michael Roberts had two touchdown catches against the Dolphins. That definitely puts New York Jets tight end Chris Herndon in play as a streamer this week. He scored a touchdown in each of his last three games, and Jets are still banged up at wide receivers. So at some point, uh, touchdown streaks tend to end, but... With all those teams on by this week, I mean, you don't have guys like Zach Ertz, for example. And, and, you know, I mentioned Doyle and Ebron. They're off. Evan Ingram's off for for the Giants. So certainly Herndon's worth a look if you've got a bi-week problem. Give me a couple of players that you've just run out of patience with uh, on your fantasy team. Who should people think about firing or handing, handing the pink slip to? Well, a lot of people added Raheem Mostert of the San Francisco 49ers. We talked about him last week, but it's pretty obvious now that if Matt Breda can suit up, uh, every other San Francisco runner is going to take a backseat. There was a Monday night game earlier this year. Many remember that because Aaron Rodgers pulled off a great comeback. It was supposed to be a night where we were going to see a heavy dose of Alfred Morris. Then Breda ended up playing, and sure enough, Uh, Morris got one carry and it was called back on a penalty. Mostert was supposed to get a lot of run in Arizona this past weekend. And there was Brita again out there getting all of the carries. Brita is the only safe running back on the San Francisco roster. I could understand maybe trying to stash Mostert, but I just, I mean, that San Francisco situation has become such a mess. Um, Another guy who's probably been uh, dropped from some rosters already, and if he hasn't, he needs to go now. That's Nelson Aguilar, the Philadelphia Eagles, because with Golden Tate coming over, uh, he's going to now become the fourth wheel in that passing game. As the third wheel behind Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey, uh, you know, there was reason to believe he could still have some big games because he did last year, and of course, Carson Wentz has been cooking of late, but now that Tate's in Philadelphia, that's a guy you can definitely drop. Uh, One other guy, uh, a lot of people had picked up Chris Ivory, thinking LaShawn McCoy uh, might miss uh, Monday night, the past Monday night game with New England due to a concussion. McCoy played, and Ivory just does not have standalone flex value on his own, especially in that atrocious Buffalo offense. If you want more sound advice from Andy, go to LockedOnTexans.com. You can read that full article. It's always good to catch up with you, my friend. Let's do this again next week, man. Sounds good. Hey, just a quick plug before I go. My Houston Sports Talk podcast, it's usually sports, but man, this was a a cool one that I had this week. I, I urge you to go check it out if you like comedy at all. I talked to Houston comic veteran, somebody, he had gotten on America's Got Talent this summer, 
And it, it seemed like, oh, it's just a, a brand new guy. But no, he, he's 68 years old. And 40 years ago, he was at the comedy store in Los Angeles, hanging out with David Letterman and Robin Williams and Richard Pryor and Jay Leno, Michael Keaton, Sam Kinison. I mean, just ridiculous. Some of the guys that he crossed paths with, so crossed paths with over the years. Uh, so go listen to that. His story is a fun one. Great guy. And, you know, just kind of an overnight sensation 40 years later. It's just amazing. But, uh, we're going to talk to you again on Sunday with the post-game show. Uh, don't forget some good shows this week, especially uh, that crossover. All you need to know about Demarius Thomas from a Broncos perspective with our friend Cody Rourke. But uh, that's all we got for this one. As always, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. You know you.